Nice day, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Shove it up your ass! Jeez, you okay? I'm sorry. I have Tourette's syndrome, and it causes me to have these uncontrollable outbursts. It's not so bad. Yeah, it's okay. I mean, you get used to it. Ball sweat! Anus! Anus like You know, there are some places I can't go! What are you talking about? You barely notice it. Oh. <laughs> Scrotum! Sperm! Sperm face! I, I just can't go near places like churches. Ha <laughs> Elementary schools. Jeez! Jeez trap! Pretty much anywhere. Fart! Dildo! Big! Big big titty! Shit! Shit Hey, uh, let's put the top up. I'll put on the air conditioning. Ahoy, tent pirates, plant parents, conscious consumers, and the morbidly curious. Welcome to Cultivation Conversation, a podcast for growers by growers. Come chat with our hosts, Captain Autoflower, the real green monster, and myself, Girl Go Grow. Grab a bouquet of your favorite flowers, apparatus of choice, and don't forget the fire while I tell you about the special companies that help keep this ship afloat. We are busy people and we demand the best for our plants. So all three of us automate our grows with Autopots. Available in over 63 countries, gravity-powered Autopot systems rely on no pumps, no timers, and no power to operate. This plant-driven automated watering is so precise, it will reduce consumption of feed while increasing yield. An effective and efficient way to delegate a little responsibility. Let your plants feed themselves. Use code CC10 at autopot-usa.com. If quality is the name of your game, look no further than AC Infinity. AC Infinity's grow tents, lights, accessories, and ventilation systems offer reliability and affordability along with total environmental control. Use code CULTIVATION on acinfinity.com to save even more. Frass Valley produces the highest quality superworm frass, naturally strengthening your plants and enhance their resistance to pests and disease. Use code CC10 at frassvalley.com. We are big fans of Mass Hydroponics. Whether you're a local in Massachusetts or accessing their full online catalog, they are your one-stop shop for all of your growing needs. Use code CC10 at mass-hydro.com. Everybody, please give some love to Mad Hatter Organics for being our man behind the curtain. We quite literally couldn't do this without him. Thank you so very much. What is going on, everybody out there in podcast land? How are you? Happy Tuesday. Look at this special guest we have tonight, guys. Do you see? Familiar face. 
Not talking got, about me, are you? We, we are. Chad from the Autoflower Podcast. What's, What's up, up friend? Welcome hey, aboard, matey. Man, I'm honored and uh, thankful to be here, you guys. Thanks for having me on. This is cool. Likewise, dude. Likewise. I mean, you know I'm a fan. I always have been. Your show was one of the first growing shows that I ever listened to. Got my got my feet wet in the uh, where you you broke my cherry, I guess, or however however you want to put it, I guess. So oh, that means you got your dick wet, not your feet wet. <laughs> that is intimate. I'm honored. You you were dude like I you know I'm I'm a big fan and I I think I can speak for most people in our community too um, that we miss you we love you uh, we just kind of wanted to check in with you see what's up yeah I appreciate that man I'm I'm a big fan of of your guys' as well man and uh, you know I don't have fans I have friends dude I'm pretty sure you guys kind of feel the same way you know so um, right on. But, uh, yeah, dude, it's good to kind of have, you know, the camera and the microphone out and some headphones on and kind of be going and, and fellowshipping through the digital world. It's been a while. So uh, I was pretty stoked, man, when you guys reached out to me. I was, I was, uh, I'm pretty excited. So thank you. We're excited. Feelings too. mutual. Yeah. How, how are you doing, G3? How, what's up? What's looking, uh, I'm good. Radiant tonight, as usual. Thanks. I glow from the inside. I'm good. My <laughs> dumb dog steps on a piece of glass right before this, so it was like, oh. hurry up, surgery. But we're good. That, um... so, <laughs> I'm like, I have like adrenaline pumping right now from that. I was like, I gotta mm. be on time. So there you go. I, I hear you. Are you gonna like rub some moon water on it? On it? Does that like help the? Uh... Um, I had a. I had a jar of moon water from the last one, so I just took his whole leg and dunked it in it. Swirled it around. It was there and easy to clean it that way. Just make sure it's not from the blood moon, and I think think we'll be okay. This is just the regular cold moon. (laughs) Well, I have to say, G3, I listened to your excellent appearance on the Your Average Grow podcast uh, over the weekend. It was awesome. Yeah, it was amazing. Um, I love the boys. They're just so much fun and so easy to talk to. So big shout out to Johnny and Rev. Yeah, they're doing they're doing a good job over there. And um I hey, I learned a shit ton about all sorts of sorcery that I never thought I would uh <laughs> would and and to be honest, I learned that horoscopes are probably a hundred percent legit. Yep. Who knew? Yep. How about that? We're on to something. Pretty interesting uh, how, you know, the physical universe can can tell us things. I find it pretty Mm -hmm. fascinating myself, to be honest with you. I'm pretty ignorant to all that shit, but I 100% believe that there is a connection there. You know, what? I I don't know. But, you know, definitely something to be said there. Yeah, I'm ignorant to it as well. But uh, I'm fascinated by it, though. Yeah, that's my goal to slowly like let witchcraft creep through the gardens of the tent pirates. Something's wrong. Like checklist one. Is it watered? Does it have moss agate? Has it been fed? Do we have moon water? 
Gotta gotta check your energies. Are yep. your energies uh, vibing with one another, or are they out of sync, out of phase? But um, yeah. yo, monster, monster, what's up? Welcome back, man. I, you had a busy weekend too. I did. Went to the Emerald Cup in California, Santa Rosa. It was a fucking blast. I uh, I definitely partied a little too hard, and I'm paying for it now. I have a pretty bad cold. Um, but I mean, you stuffed me in a tin box for fucking eight hours twice in one weekend. Uh, you got you almost guaranteed to get sick. Yeah, uh, but well worth it. I would get sick anytime again for 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 this fucking uh, trip. I had a blast. It Shout wasn't... out to the Dino Mico crew for for making it happen. Um, right honestly, on. it was it was awesome. I had, I had a real good time. Uh, me and Big Green Guy kind of tore it up the whole weekend. Uh, shout out to him as well. Um, he's actually happy the one. Who, yeah, happy birthday, dude! I hope you're watching. He oh, actually man. won the trip from, from Dino Michael and 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 uh, had a choice to bring a friend. And I'm honored that he uh, thought of me. It was it was cool. We had we had a real fucking good time. I'll tell you, if uh, it wasn't for him, I probably would have missed my flight back. Because what happened is our our initial flight got canceled, so we're sitting at the airport, and, I, and at this point, I'm fucking done, right? I mean. I should I should have had a pedometer on or something, but I mean I we probably walked like at least eight miles each day, at, on top of like all the other walking around with like backpacks and shit like that. So by Sunday night, I was already spent. I just didn't have anything left, and uh, he found he was smart enough to go on like United's website after our flight got canceled and look for another one and he found one but we had like 10 minutes to get there and i'm fucking running around, running around. i actually didn't think he was gonna find one because i was looking at the weather and i'm like dude the weather's shit everything's getting canceled back to fucking boston and uh we actually found one from california to newark so we got off in newark and then i swear to god dude i'm not even joking you the terminal we had to get on from in newark to catch the flight in boston it must have been like a two mile walk if it was anything and at that point, I'm already fucking done. We only had like 15 minutes to get there. Yeah. Uh, shout out to BGG for getting me home. I might still be in an airport somewhere if it wasn't for him. What's that movie? That like, he was uh, relatively the, responsible. Yeah. Do you know, isn't there a movie about that? Like a dude who like lived in a terminal? I don't know. It's, it's it sounds funny. <laughs> I think you. I think there is, man. I, I think, think it's called the, right. yeah. the terminal. The terminal. The terminal. It is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> man, it must have took a month to come up with that title. Yeah, Tom Hanks. Uh, actually, yeah. it's ba- I think I was thinking of that right because it's based on a true. It's based on a true mm-hmm. story, and there was actually a a man who lived in a terminal in um a French airport for like 20 years man and he just died um mm. yeah he just died like very recently i saw a news a news report about it that's i guess what i had it on my mind but um hey rest in peace terminal how the fuck terminal, did he afford dude? to live in a terminal dude i was paying like eight dollars for a bottle of water yeah. well he, he once he got past security it was a free ride he just posted up i guess i don't know i honestly don't know man i'm gonna have to look into that it's pretty wild yeah. Right. I find it fascinating that they don't want like you bring any liquids past security. It's because when you get through, you get to pay, like I said, like eight dollars for a bottle of water at the fucking terminal stores. So yeah, yeah, yeah they do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And hold so, on, big shout out to Logan Airport. Fuck you. <laughs> they tore my bag apart. 
uh, when I went going through security to get there. Like, literally tore both my bags apart, dumped all my shit out, patted me down, like, practically strip-searched me. BGG's just sitting there laughing. I can't blame him. It was pretty funny. Um, like a felon. Yeah. They must have yeah. just wanted to touch you, dude. Yeah, you know, I, I get it. You know, but usually it's the ladies. This, this, this dude was a guy, so I'll take it. Uh, he didn't buy me a drink, though, which was kind of rude. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but anyway, we, we, had a, we, a we had a blast. Yeah. Well, we'll have to get uh, BGG on maybe, you know, maybe next next week. Uh, maybe talk about yeah. like a, a Emerald Cup special. Because, yeah. man, it looked like you guys had a blast. Way too much fun. What a... Have you ever been down there, Chad? I know you live out like uh, in the West, you know? Yeah, Still so little, Santa Rosa is north, north of me. Yeah, I'm in, uh, I'm between <clears throat> like LA and San Diego, uh, but about 30 miles inland from the coast. So that's, that's uh, pretty like far 10, down here. 12 hour drive, right? I don't know. I think so. Somewhere around there. Yeah. Uh, I know it's about an eight hour drive from like the San Diego area. Sorry, okay, there you go. Probably, I'm about an hour from San Diego, depending on traffic. Yeah. About an hour and 20 minutes from Mexico. I'm pretty far down there. Yeah, so you're closer to oh. Mexico than, than anything else, really. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah San Diego, closer to San, San Diego is probably the, the nearest major city to me. L.A. is a little bit farther than San Diego, which is fine, because I don't fancy la myself i prefer to stay away from there i'd way rather go to san diego <laughs> yeah so i'm all good with it man some of the best weather on earth right yeah dude yeah it sure is man yeah. today was a today was a, a cold day for us and it was a, a high of 55 um <laughs> oh. that's that's a pretty chilly day for us the low yeah. right now is you know about between 32 and 35 is the low um so oh, yeah, that's, uh, that's, like, do you that's know, all I know. Do you know what like zone that is? In, in gardening? Terms of, uh, yeah, gardening yeah, zone nine, climate? zone nine, nine B, right. nine. Yeah, yeah. That's man, kind we, of a weird one, to be honest. I mean, that's yeah, it gets like really, really hot in the summer, but then it gets mm -hmm. almost freezing. It's know? almost opposite. You know, I was talking to my dad. My dad lives in Alabama, and and you know he's kind of made comments before like ah oh, fucking california you know so fucking ugly and there's just dead weeds everywhere and shit you know and i'm like yeah that's true dad but at the same time that's just in the summertime you know what i mean because like here it's like the summertime is when everything goes dormant that's like our winter is in the summer it gets so damn hot you know and it's so dry there's no rain so the summertime everything just goes dormant right and then in the fall like november and right now everything's getting green all of our native grasses are coming in, flowers are coming. It's like spring. It looks like spring, you know. And a lot, and 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 a lot of places like that's what's happening here. And so, it's kind of cool, man, because we we you know we really don't get a freeze. I think last year there was one time I got like a notification on my phone saying warning, like a freeze is coming. Cover your succulents, like that jade you got behind you, yeah. you know, stuff like that. Because I have a lot of those outside, so I'll, you know I'll go out there and I'll have to cover them just for one night. And that's it. So, dude, I've grown, I've grown like autoflower cannabis outdoors uh, during the winter, you know, with just hardly 12 hours of light and it's, you know, super cold and 
if it's going to get yeah dude i've done it man i mean they don't they don't get huge you know but do uh, they take longer to finish I, I I would say yeah, but it's hard to tell. It's it's really hard to really tell. But I I my my gut wants to say yes, like maybe a couple of weeks, because there's some strains that that I've had that the genetics that from back in the Mandalorian genetics days, where that you know it takes it to like F eight, you know it's extremely stable, and then so I'll grow that like a bunch of times, and like when I grow it outdoors, it seems to go a little bit. A little bit longer than the indoor one so i don't know the only reason was... i ask is because when you said like barely 12 hour light it kind of triggered a reminder because a bell in my head because i fucked around before with throwing an auto in a flower room just to see what would happen mm-hmm. and uh something that would normally take like 65 to 75 days took like over 100 anyways. oh did yeah. it really yeah um, i haven't but that was only like that, only but... one time it was oh, still okay. special yeah, yeah, I didn't experience that, but it did seem to take a little bit longer. It's just cold, you know, it is cold. I mean, you know, yeah. it's not comfortable to walk outside and it's, you know, 45 degrees, you know what I mean? It's still cold. So plants, they slow down, you know, because of the cold, but they'll still grow, dude. And uh, that's yeah. kind of the benefit of, of where we live, you know, but then again, you know, like it's difficult for me to grow tomatoes during the summer, you know, because it gets so damn hot uh, that, you know, they won't they'll they'll drop their flowers they just won't they just suffer they struggle yeah. so it's it's hard to grow stuff outdoors in the in the midsummer here but other than that beautiful man I'm, I'm pretty fortunate and it's all i know i was born and raised here so uh i haven't really experienced anything else it's it's pretty good climate man i mean plants love it at least you can say that you know mm-hmm. everything seems to grow very well out there but um yeah i got um I had to bring my lemon tree inside mm-hmm. and that thing is still adapting. It's, it's not happy at all. Like it just any kind of, you know, change in, in what's going on, you know, plants get upset, but I think citrus in particular, very, very sensitive to that type mm-hmm. of stuff. And even though it's upstairs in a tent now, it's got a whole tent to itself on, um, you know, it's got a grow light, same one I harvested a couple plants from uh, underneath like a couple weeks back. Uh, it's turned way down, you know, way down. I think I have the, the light schedule on like 12, 12, you know, just I, maybe it's like 14, 16, something or 14, 10. Yeah, that would be right. Mm. Um, not sure, but it, it's just not thrilled. And I'm hoping it'll pull out. Pull. Pull, pull through soon yeah yeah it will man it's probably just cool. shocked or something you know yeah yeah, yeah. if, if okay. anyone's uh like anyone out there is like a citrus master and they they you know you know your stuff with the, the citrus fruits in in containers message me please i need i need help how yeah, much man. should i water <laughs> when do <laughs> i water I wouldn't water it too much, man. I, I, I don't know. I'm not an expert on citrus, but I would, I would, uh, same, I, w- same I would, rules I would underwater rather than overwater. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. kind of like, I think it's all plants to be honest. It's just like yeah. the same rules apply. Like they like to be wet, but not too wet. Like, mm-hmm. what does that mean? You know, uh, you know, citrus you, doesn't like wet feet. I know that. Mm-hmm. That's they right. don't like yeah. to be watered until like the top inch or, Two of the soil is nice and dry. Yeah, they're they're susceptible to root rot for sure. I I do know that, mm. man. 
Yeah. Yeah, I've got a lemon tree as well, and it's struggling right now, too. It's funny. Uh, and they grow fine here, yeah, but even I transplanted there. it. That's why I trans. I dug uh, it out of the ground and moved it, and its roots were already established. So sucks. But there you it'll go. be all right. Uh, it'll pull through. Did you, did you use, like, uh, myco? The same, like, when you, you know, methods like you would use with cannabis when you transplant? Did you use... I did, like a yeah. Dynomyco or something. When I do, I do use Dynomyco, man. Yeah. I actually need to get some more. I'm almost out. But, you know, it's uh, yeah. Funny. I, I, unless it's a brassica or uh, you know things like that, that mycorrhizal fungi has, they don't have a relationship with like brassicas and, and certain plants. So I won't, I won't use it and stuff like that because it's pointless. Um, but anything yeah, else, yeah, dude. I'll even, I'll even use Dynomyco like sometimes when I'm transplanting just flowers. Cause the, I mean, it, yeah. it, 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 it does work. It works pretty good, man. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. It does. I yeah, mean, I've, it works I've pretty seen, good. The, seen the results with cannabis, mm -hmm. but like, mm -hmm. so I, I would imagine there's a, a list of, I mean, I, I am ignorant to that. Like what plants it doesn't quite pair with and have a relationship. You said brassicas. Um, mm -hmm. but yeah, I guess. What the fuck's a brassica? I'm sorry. I have no clue what that is. That's okay, man. Like uh broccoli. Oh, okay um you know things of that nature yeah cauliflower um, yeah stuff like that it just doesn't it, mycorrhizal fungi doesn't have a relationship uh, oh with man that the, means i wasted a shitload of it this year in my fucking garden <laughs> <laughs> i like like i had Bummer. no idea yeah now is it they they don't th thrive on the endo or do they need ecto or they just don't thrive on any of it i don't know if if oh. if if they if they go the other way with the because like the dynamica stuff i think is indo right yep. um, yeah so i i don't know if they have a relationship with the ecto mycorrhizal fungi or not uh, um i actually learned that from from ari from dynamico on a on an episode i did with him on the autoflower podcast um he kind of went into that so if you get a chance to to peep that episode um you can uh sorry it's a little plug there but uh but yeah if you no can problem. check that out he goes yeah, into no detail he, he goes into detail like pretty good about um some things like that yeah he goes into it. there's other plants too that he mentioned that i don't remember yeah uh, that it won't work with because so. i know that there are certain types of plants like mostly like woody things like trees and stuff like that a lot of them won't be affected by the endo they need the ecto mycorrhizal mm -hmm. so i'm wondering if um for instance uh oh, broccoli and, and things like that i'm just just throwing it out there yeah. i have no, no fucking idea i'll I have to ask Ari. anyway oh. Yeah, I yeah, wonder if yeah. I should be using it on my lemon trees and stuff. It might be wasteful. <laughs> I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah well, but definitely yeah. like any other plants, especially cannabis and stuff. You know, it's it's a it's usually one of the things that I that I that I prefer to put in there for sure. I was or, talking to Captain about it like I don't know three weeks ago. It's kind of funny how this whole thing kind of transpired. I was like, dude, have you ever heard of Dino Michael? He's like, yeah. I'm like, man, I've been just fucking around with it, and I've been noticing some great results. It's definitely better than than a lot of the rest and then boom this shit popped up with the dino micro trip so i don't mm -hmm. know everything happens for a reason right um yeah man yeah uh i'm glad you're liking it man it definitely is a good product yeah for sure a great company too um and i did what i did is i wanted to reach out to a company to do an episode with about mycorrhizal fungi and there's there's a few to choose from right um, and so I went total, I went in totally unbiased and I just went kind of on the back end and did a bunch of research 
and stuff. And uh, the this the and I don't I'm not a I'm not a biologist or anything, man. But 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 from a layman's like understanding, um, it's the the strain that that they get. It's from Israel. It's, it's like from the Dead Sea, and uh, it's it, it's this extremely like. Uh, strong, robust, I think, strain of mycorrhizal fungi that that they're able to culture, and so, it's at like this really, uh, I forget the lingo, man, but something like with the propagules and stuff like that. It's like these other guys that you get it from. It's dude, there's like hardly, hard, there's hardly anything yeah, in there. Well, there's the, like other um, stuff thrown in, and there's a lot, a lot of fillers, like other things too, and, and it's also the way they're manufacturing it. So if you look at those little pellets. Those are actually like little, almost like vermiculite. Well, they are. They're like vermiculite pellets, mm. right? And they're inoculating those pellets with the mycorrhizae, and it's actually, for you know, layman's terms, breeding inside that pellet, like while it's being manufactured. So it's definitely different than 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 a lot of mm. other products. That's for sure. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. And so I came to the conclusion that that they probably had the best quality product on the market. And uh, <clears throat> so that's when I reached out to them and then ended up recording an episode with them. Nice. So, so, yeah. You know, you know, my first contact with them was about two and a half years ago, maybe a little longer, or I don't know, a year and a half. I don't know. I reached out to them, to Ari. And I said, hey, do you mind if I, can you send a sample? And he's like, no, we generally don't give out samples. Here's a coupon code, go buy it. And I was like, that's what's up. And uh, I actually did anyway, but yeah, uh, you know, it's cool when fucking you get that response from a company. I actually, I don't mind those responses. Like, no, we don't give samples. Okay, cool. Like, you mm -hmm. know, basically for a lot, for, in other words, like, no, we know our product is awesome. Go buy it. We don't need to send you a sample. Their marketing's on point too, dude. I know that doesn't really actually like have anything to do with the quality of the product, but I just love their look from a, <clears throat> a, a former graphic graphic designer like perspective. It's like their logos and their little dynamite sticks and shit. They're just cool, man. <laughs> they make it fun, you know, like like Daz does. He just makes it fun. Yeah, a night owl, you know. They they measure all. I did a quick, you know, cursory little you know, comparison on like different. I use the great white, right? That's mm -hmm. the myco I've always used. It's it's fine, you know, it works, does its job, has a bunch of different types of, a uh, bunch of different strains, like you said, of the mm -hmm. myco. Um, so I think it will work in like a variety of pHs and, and mm -hmm. kind of break down different nutrients in the soil, make them plant available. And the point is, um, they're measured in colony forming units, that's CFUs. Mm. And it's all like on the back of... Uh, I wish I had the canister. It shows, you know, exactly how many CFUs are present in that container of which strains. And like, yeah, if you just look at the numbers, Dynomyco has a, a lot more than the others. Mm -hmm. uh, whether that means you have to use less or um, it's stronger, uh, I guess that uh, accounts for something. And, um, yeah, I think like because it comes from the Dead Sea, it's a strain of maybe they have a particular strain that is specific to that region and those soil conditions, which are, I mean, extremely harsh, mm -hmm. like very salty, you know, like it's 
probably very tough for anything to grow in and around the Dead Sea. Mm. And I imagine like this particular strain of myco is what helps pretty the the stuff that does grow needs this relationship with that mic i I don't know i'm yeah i'm just yeah i'm just spitballing i don't know yeah man spit it out brother yeah (laughs) it's uh it's fascinating stuff man just the way all that stuff works it's it's crazy dude the way fungi and everything works is just mind-blowing all of it is it's just insane have you seen fantastic fungi on uh on netflix yeah dude absolutely absolutely man oh i love that yeah oh now you gotta it. watch Fantastic Fungi on mushrooms. Now that'll be I th- <laughs> there. You I go. think that would almost be a religious experience. Yeah, like, that would kind of freak me out. Maybe come a out bit. enlightened with Buddha next to you. <laughs> For real, man. For hey, real, man. We but... almost we almost fucking forgot. What the hell is everybody smoking on tonight? That's a good good question. Um, well, let's start, with, let's start with our our guest Chad. Yeah, Chad, what, please, do, what Chad. do you got tonight, buddy? Yeah, I got some. Uh, I've actually got some uh, Paul and Chuck Hayes, which is uh, just a, a, a product of chucking pollen. I Auto, love autoflower. the fact that that's what you call it. Like Paul and Chuck, Paul and Chuck, like the like the names, like Paul and yeah. I even did like the Apostle Paul and Chuck Norris, <laughs> like a little graphic a long time ago. Uh, but yeah, yeah. How about you guys? That's cool, man. Uh, well, what's it like? What's uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh yeah, what's okay, it I'm like, sorry. man? Give me a little, give me a little terp description. Bro. Oh yeah, um, yeah it smells I, I like uh, goods. It smells like uh, most most of most of the uh, the phenotypes smell kind of like a mix between fruity pebbles and like a like skunk, like skunkiness, cheesy kind of like a mix. And then sometimes it'll it'll go one way or the other. But typically, it's weird. Typically, when I grow it, it it just smells straight like fruity pebbles. It doesn't even smell like you're growing cannabis. You know what I mean? And then I'll harvest it and dry it, and then some of those other terpenes, for some reason, start coming out more. But um, and it's it's kind of a it's kind of a sativa leaning autoflower. Um, I crossed a haze. Sorry, XL. Sir, we, we, we call those narrow leaf varieties around here. There you go. Hey, I like <laughs> that. <laughs> I like that actually. Um, uh, well, just just to be pedantic. Yeah, I'm yeah. Because there's sorry. nuance and there's nuance over there. Ca- there Captain is shallow and pedantic. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's kind of uh, so. It's more of a. I would say it's more of a like a daytime type strain. You know what I mean? Uh, but it works well for my Tourette's just kind of hits the hits the spot man um and it's it's pretty i think it's pretty low thc and stuff if i'm honest like i don't i don't really know i haven't had it tested but uh i think is it the big green guy or is it somebody else man one of them like somebody's wife uses it and i'm so sorry that i don't remember exactly who i feel bad the big green guy i think it might be yeah i think it's his his wife uses it for anxiety and so there's something there for me as well where it works good for my anxiety and so if i can keep Hmm. my anxiety down then i can keep my ticks down you know um that way because they're embarrassing you know if you're walking in a grocery store and i'm you know doing something like that or i you know chip i chip my tooth uh I don't know if you can see that. Check this out. No, I, I chipped, I chipped my tooth, like literally about, I think it was eight seconds before I was going on the, uh, the future cannabis project, YouTube channel. 
I was going live on there with them and I chipped my tooth like right before I was getting on camera and going on there because I was ticking. So if I can keep my anxiety down, like I can keep my ticks down and it helps with my anxiety. So I know I rabbit trailed there, but oh, no. that, that's dude, pretty much well, worth that. Yeah. Here to, to follow up your rabbit trail just a little bit. I, um, like I have Tourette syndrome too, and that's one of the reasons. Yeah, I do. And, okay. um, was, you know, diagnosed. I was in like third grade way back and, and I was um, given a lot of shit for it growing up um, back before anyone knew about it, really. And I, I spoke briefly about it on my appearance on the Your Average Grow podcast. So go go check that out. But, um, dude, that's one of the like reasons that I connected with you like right off the bat, because, mm -hmm. you know, your, your name on IG is Tourette grower mm -hmm. you're, you're not like you know you were up front about like this helps my Tourette syndrome and like straight up I learned that very early in life mm -hmm. very early before before anyone had ever used the term like medical marijuana it was like man I knew I knew this was the best medicine for Tourette's and um like amen to that so yeah, for sure, man. They wanted to, uh, that's fascinating, dude. I don't think I knew that about you. Uh, and if you've shared that with me before, I'm sorry, uh, that I wasn't yeah, thought probably, probably listening to yeah. that, but that, that would have been something I think I would have caught, caught and picked up yeah, on. Yeah, but, uh, but anyways, um, man, that's crazy, dude. Uh, it's, I don't, I don't blessed. meet very many people with it. So my son has it, my 15 year old son, he has it cause it's genetic. Yeah. Genetic. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, when we were kids, right? I don't, I don't know how old you are. I'm 42. I don't know if you're around my age or like a couple of years younger. All right. So, uh, uh, I was going to crack a joke that that wouldn't be very nice. So oh, I you can that, crack, dude, we're not that close. I don't think I was going to say, well, you sure look a hell of a lot fucking older. <laughs> <laughs> Is it all this gray? I'm just kidding, dude. Um, yeah, I didn't know that, man. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, truly when we, it's it's the best medicine i was prescribed to some like anti-psychotic bullshit i forget what it was even called like and it used to just yeah like yeah. it gave me really fucked up dreams and like yeah. just made me feel like shit say it again was it neurotin uh no no i uh, i would know it if i heard it but it's not that like it was just some really like intense like mm -hmm. you know just a psychoactive mm -hmm. i don't know if it Maybe not. That's not the the right word, but it was An antipsychotics. Yeah, it was just a bad, bad thing, man. That's what um, they wanted to put me on was antipsychotics, and I was like, "But I, I don't. I'm not psychotic. I have Tourette's." Yeah, and they're like, "Yeah, but antipsychotics work." And that sounded so harsh to me, yeah, dude. I was like, "Yeah, treat. I don't. I don't think I'm. I don't think I'm. I'm comfortable with that." And so they started putting me on other on anti-anxiety medicine instead, and which are just antidepressants, right? So they gave me like Wellbutrin. That's the first one they gave me. And uh, this was back in like the early two thousands, you know. And there, a lot of these medicines were kind of still newer, you know. Yeah, they didn't. I don't know, know about Wellbutrin, but man, they put me on Wellbutrin, dude. Whoo, man! I'm not even kidding, dude. It started making me suicidal. I had to get off immediately. And then, so I went in and then, and then you're like, you're already in the, you're already in this spiral. You know what I mean? Like you start taking some of those medicines, dude, and you're already in it and then you got to get off of it. And then it starts kind of making you kind of 
you lose your bearing, dude, you know? So they ended up landing on Zoloft, and uh, I took, I've been, I'm still on Zoloft, but I went from 250 milligrams down to right now I'm on 25. That's a big difference. And it was, I couldn't, but I could, I could never even get down to 200. It was like every time I would try to cut it down, it would just like it, this we these weird things start happening and and uh you get these things called like these zings like i don't know if you guys are familiar with that but people who take zoloft and try to get off of it they're familiar with it it's all over the forums and everything you get these weird like electrical shocks that jolt your body and all kinds of weird stuff and i could never get down but like below 200 milligrams and then it's really scary yeah man it sucked but once once i started i started using cannabis and stuff it it helped me gradually knock that down to where now i'm on 25 so i i and i i really do credit the cannabis for that you know what i mean it really did help me get down to where i'm at right now so but uh, yeah when you and i were kids man it's like they didn't you know even the word tourette's really wasn't popular and we didn't know know, people would just tell me like stop stop what are you doing with your eyes you know what i mean like Like, it's a bad habit i don't know i yeah i'm not i I don't know how to explain it yeah yeah and but yeah and and dude like i i went through the the ringer with it too and you know ended up like having a fake take the medicine that they gave me but then like go out go out after school and like smoke weed with my buddies but Mm -hmm. and then i realized like i made the connection like holy shit i'm not taking my medicine but my tics are like way better than they were what's what's the difference here what's the cannabis right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and um yeah no it's it's again do you i i at the risk of being an asshole, do you mind if I ask you a personal question live on sure. air? Do you still take the medicine at all for the threats? No, I don't. I don't take well, any. The reason I, I ask think... is because you would never fucking know. I've been around you personally a couple times, and like, so the cannabis is obviously working for you. Because I'm I'm high as a motherfucker all the time, man. <laughs> <laughs> this... <No>. Therapy. <laughs> No, it's my. Put um, your ass into orbit. You'll be okay. I don't know about you, Captain, but like for me, it was worse when I was a kid. In my adult years, it has gotten better for me, and uh, I don't, I don't tick as much, and and you know, my mind is still. It can either whatever you want to call it it. can go one of two ways. Apparently, like I've read up a little bit about it. You know, it's just it's something I've always kind of had a little bit of interest in, and. And I always had a very mild case too. Um, and mm. I, and and I feel, man, I'll just say I feel for people out there with it, like as a really bad case and like a verbal tick, mm-hmm. and like they're just yelling things in the line at the bank, mm-hmm. and it's just like I can't even imagine yeah. the nightmare. Um, yeah, you know, but like. And there are some funny, funny scenes in movies. We all know, like it's, you know, when yeah, that's a whole different, you know. I don't take offense to stuff like that myself. I don't. Yeah, yeah, I don't either, man. And my friends used to be like, when they when they found out what it was, man. Once I always say, like, once Deuce Bigelow came out, it was like, ah, Tourette syndrome was suddenly everyone's favorite thing, and they thought it was funny. And then like they were like, oh. 
<laughs> said my name. I'll edit that out. Uh, that's for the, uh, the true listeners out there. Um, but like, hey, uh, you have Tourette syndrome. Like, you can get away with murder in class. Why don't you like just go ahead and like yell out crazy words in the middle of a chorus class? And then I would just be like, all right, I think I can do that. <laughs> so <laughs> I played it up a little bit, but not too yeah. much, man. Not too much. Um, so you no, know, dude. And I, I have to say, like, I, I've always kind of found that the broadleaf varieties um, tend to work a little bit better for me on that, on that sense. Yeah, I found that for me, it's all about the terpenes. Maybe it, maybe it is. I just I, I, I think it's more, but because I but I I don't know though. Yeah, I don't know because there is something about certain ones like, you know, like Blue Dream, like strains like that. They they just they do work really well, and so people say those are a a, a sativa leaning hybrid, right? That's the lingo. So I always that's kind of what I always say, like a sativa a sativa leaning hybrid, like whatever that really means at the moment. Well, generally speaking, level, but, and that's why it's generally speaking. I mean, there mm -hmm. are going to be a lot of terps that are associated with sativa, and there are going to be a lot of terps associated with indica or narrowly for broadleaf, however you want to put it. So I guess it makes sense in a lot of ways. Uh, but that's why we try to say narrowleaf and broadleaf because if you you know if you look at it, there are many strains that have similar terpenes that can be indica or sativa. So you really can't just classify cannabis as those two things. Right, especially also, based off. I'm sorry. Go ahead, man. Uh, well, I I think it's personally because um, this the hybridization has gone like just jump the shark everything's a hybrid now a hybrid of a hybrid of a hybrid so it's like where do you even draw the line between the two and it's it's truly in the expression of the plant where you're going to see the differences and like the most obvious visual difference you're going to see in phenotypes is broadleaf and narrow leaf mm -hmm. and that's i think like you know you might get a a certain phenotype that's more of a sativa, sativa leaner as opposed to an indica leaner and a given strain and stuff yeah. like that. I feel like it's, I say it in jest, of course. And, you know, I think, I think it was Alabrije we had on who suggested we use that, that kind of uh, lingo. But I, I am, like it. I am like, getting um, used to it. Didn't he like sedating and stimulating? Hmm. I like that. that. That's yeah. good. That, that's, that's good. Yeah. And so I didn't, I didn't mean like, you know, cause th for me, it's almost like there's, you know, because with it, with broadleaf and narrowleaf, I mean, you can have a mix and match of all kinds of different terpenes. Right. So mm -hmm. like, but there's something about fruity terpenes, whether it's narrowleaf or broadleaf that tend to work better for me for some reason. And the cheesy skunkier ones, they don't for some reason. And so, but then, so there's that, but then over here, it's like, you know, the, the, the full broadleaf, like what you would call, what some people would call an indica, those don't seem to work as well as the more narrow leafed or sativa for me, but, but it's gotta be a mix for me almost. Cause if I go one way or the other, like if it's like, you know, some of these strains are uh, like, they'll, they'll make me anxious, man. 
Mm. You know, they just go, ah, you know, they yeah, just like, yeah, make yeah. me crazy. You know what I, I mean? And some uh, of them, I'm like, you know, just like a dead catfish on the couch. Just, <laughs> you know, so I don't want that either. You know, that doesn't help. I mean, it'll put me to sleep, but, you know, uh, I'd prefer, prefer not to go down that route. So for helping the Tourette's, yeah, it's, there's something about those fruity terpenes and there's something about kind of, I guess, a hybridization for me, not one way or the other. And then so if you take like a hybrid with uh, fruity terpenes, which is kind of what this Paul and Chuck Hayes is, it's like, that's it for me right there. Yeah. That's why I hang on to it. It's not, it's not a beautiful strain. It's like, it, it, like if it was to become a strain, it would need so much work. I mean, there's so many runts and stuff in there, you know what I mean? But it just, it works so well for me, man. I just keep rolling with it, you know? It's got some medicinal quality, man. Like, uh, honestly, hey, and as a one, one Tourette syndrome sufferer to another, uh, if you got any beans, send them my way i do i, I do i'd love it. to i'd love to send you some bro yeah, yeah i do and i will I'd love to love to and that's just... an auto yeah yeah regular auto flower seeds so you're gonna get male and female but you'll have the cold males yeah. um but hey appreciate it man that's that's really cool and um now you were talking fruity terpenes and i suppose that would make a good segue to Man, what we originally started talking about, I guess, was what we're smoking on. And then we went on a Tourette syndrome tangent. But that's all right. Like it's I you know, I knew it was gonna was come up good, at some point. That was a fun adventure. Yeah. So I'm glad we did it. I'm, I'm, now, we're right on, now we're now back. Now we're back. Now we're back. So I have uh fresh out of the well, I did a little trimming over the weekend, and uh, I have a newly harvested night owl autoflower strain from the man Daz himself, and it's called Blue Sprayed Shoes Remix, which uh, I think Elvis put that track out, and then Pitbull did a remix, and it's uh, I think Elvis's was, was Blue Suede Shoes. Oh, oh this, all right. Maybe you were close enough. Uh, no, I know. There's no Pitbull remix of Blue Suede Shoes either. But maybe there should be. Just saying, Pitbull, if shout you're listening. Yeah, shout out to Pitbull. You suck, <laughs> but we want to see you make a remix of it. <laughs> so, it's it's the remix because I suppose he it's like the part two. I guess he made a uh, first version of this particular strain. I don't know what the lineage is, guys. He clipped mom and dad. Mmm. I she's this is this is why we have her around, guys. She's just way way smarter than than all of us, but way more intuitive now and logical, yes. Uh but thank you. That makes a lot of sense. So the the parents have been mixed and all right, but again, I don't know the lineage. I want to say it's actually I do. It's Believe it or not, microverse, right? Blue that's microverse, one of those. And, and then Tyrone Stomper, if Tyrone I am not mistaken, mm. which is one of his like. I don't think it was ever kind of like released on its own. Maybe I'm mistaken, right? But as far as I know about Tyrone Stomper, it's like he, it's like a different phenotype of sour stomper that he kind of like took down a different different path 
So it's got a lot of a lot of that in it, you know, that sour, funky kind of lime and lemon kind of quality. But um, yeah, this one this one comes out in a more like definitely has citrus in it. Um, but it's more like orangey. It's more orangey, mm. and the, this has like it's a fantastic smell. Really, it's um reminds me of clementines a little bit but in like it has like a jelly sort of like a preserves we'll we'll just go with like apricot preserves does that make sense That's delicious i know it's not it's not like uh citrus but we're gonna gonna go over to the stone fruit family apricot preserve okay it's, it's awesome yeah really cool so like a little bit of fruity and funky on the back end but it's mostly just fruit and um yeah let me give her give her a toot here while uh shoot who's up next go with g3 what do you got in the in the pipe tonight the last of my miracle berry also Uh, i was Um, totally expecting wedding cake mm -mm. because no okay nope Tell me, tell me here. more about. <laughs> I could switch, but no, this is the last of the the Miracle Berry, and I like it was so good. I've been saving it. Just couldn't stay away from it any longer. I have my next, my other meth wedding is coming down. I think tonight. Oh, nice! So we'll see. And then my late late night for you then, huh? Well, not really, because I just chopper and flipper, and <laughs> that's about it. That's all you got to do, take really. Up I mean, big fans really like. Yeah. Some tonight and some over the course of the next couple of days, really. I take my time. It honestly depends on how busy I, busy I am, whether or not I even bother taking off big families. Mm-hmm. Um, the more plants I have, I tend not to bother, honestly, and I don't have any problems. I, I guess like it all to depends. Use it as an excuse. Yeah. I'm gonna go trim the plant real quick and like take yep. ten minutes and be like, okay, take a couple leaves off, go back and face everything. Yeah, well, I mean, with two little ones running around the house, I can understand that. <laughs> what about you, monster? What you got? <laughs> <laughs> was that like your version of a Tourette's tick, or was that like you? Fucking... Well, that was. I think that's what like Chad described as like a like a one of those like shocks to my my system yeah but it was it was uh, from the cannabis that time i just like uh, <laughs> like, <laughs> like threw you back in your seat huh like uh, yeah 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 it was really weird i don't know kind of looked like uh like a kramer Absolutely. moment there i don't know like, how to explain yeah. that one yeah your puppet master sneezed <laughs> yeah i'm uh myself i'm puffing on some cherry smash from uh, in-house genetics it's one of my favorites yeah, it's a great smoke true cherry cherry flavor um it gets me high, but not too high, if that makes sense. Like, it still allows me to function, so it's great podcast weed. Um, but uh, I'm going <laughs> to take another edible while we're here. Going in for the big dogs, huh? Oh, man, I need my fucking head is all fucked up from this trip. I'm sick. Mm. The, uh, I actually didn't consume any cannabis until, like, a couple hours ago since I got back. I got back yesterday around 1 p.m. I think I was still high. For most of the day, um, doesn't doesn't shock me at all. No, 
Uh, shout out to NorCal Cannabis. Cannabis, sorry. Dude is yeah. a fucking legend. All right? Him and his wife are some of the coolest people I think I've ever met in my life. They're, they weren't too far from the event. I think they were about a three or four hour drive. So they drove up with a bag full of goodies for everybody. Um, he had brownies. He had, like, herb. And he was just passing out joints the whole fucking day. It was, it was awesome. He came through with some Tropicana Slurricane that was fire. Um, and then I think he had some other stuff called, I think it was Miracle Berry. Really, really good as well. But you know me, I'm a sucker for anything with Slurricane. Um, and then the brownies. If anybody's listening that gets a hold of NorCal's brownies, be fucking careful. Be very fucking careful. Um, they are literally the most potent things I've ever seen. I had a bite out of one, and I was, like, seeing double three or four hours in. Um, AJ from from Nome Automatics, he ate a whole one, and uh, he passed out and missed the dinner Friday night. They were that strong. Yeah. That's like not fun levels of high. That'll happen. Yeah, they're not brownies, honestly. They're they're chocolate flavored hash balls that are <laughs> extremely dangerous. So beware. Um and shout out to the annoying girl at Emerald Cup. I don't know your name, but you were annoying the shit out of me. And NorCal popped up, so we had him give you a brownie. Um I hope you had fun. <laughs> An annoying girl. Oh my god, dude! Ask you have to ask BGG about her. This girl was driving me fucking nuts, dude. She wouldn't shut the fuck up. I'm just sitting there trying to do a couple dabs, and uh, yeah. Anyway, man, dab in peace. <laughs> god damn it! No, uh, that's funny, man. It's funny, but was uh, annoying girl doing her job, or was she just chatting you up? No, she was just talking my ear off. Um, she was just another festival goer. You know, um, she wouldn't shut the fuck up. Like, like, leave. I tried to like give her like cues and stuff. I didn't want to be rude. Um, but like, I got on the phone a couple times, like fake phone calls, like, and she just sat there the whole time. Like, didn't you come with somebody? Leave. <laughs> and I'm not normally like that, but she was like totally like, I don't know, like, I'm, I have pretty high energy, right? And she like was triple my energy. And just too much fake Monster, eyelashes. When, when Monster has a has to fake a phone call to get out of a conversation with you, you know you're just a toxic person. Dude, <laughs> super toxic, super toxic. Uh, that's bad, dude. Well, uh, all's well that ends well, I guess. You're back. Yeah. You know, we'll, we'll, I want to get we'll get into it, man. You tell all your stories next week. All right. This week, I want to talk to Chad. I want to talk to Chad, mm-hmm. but uh, um, dude, Chad. So my question for you, and uh, you know, again, as a as a fan, as a listener of the Autoflower podcast, which I again was one of my first like learning experiences with the plant. You know, you you taught me to grow. You and your guests more or less taught me the basics really i heard about autoflowers i think on your show 
Oh, really? really? Yeah, yeah, dude. I mean, I'm you know, I'm just telling it like it is. And this was probably two years ago. Um, probably when you had just started, I imagine. I don't know. You weren't too far in. But I like well, I went back, listened to all of them. And like you just presented everything in such a straightforward, beginner-friendly manner. I, I appreciated that. It was it was cool, man. I dug everything about the show, and um, I know a lot of people out there did. So, are you coming back? <laughs> well, first, I just want to say thank you, man, for your kind words, dude. Appreciate that. It means a lot to me. And sure. uh, yeah, man, let me just mirror some of that back to you. You know, I I appreciate you and all that you're doing, and uh, you know, you got something good going on here too. So, um, I appreciate it, man. So mutual respect, but, um, it's a lot. yeah, you know, um, I think I am going to be coming back. Yes. Um, but it's, it's gonna, it's gonna be a little more low key might not be, you know, I was really, really grinding at it hard. Um, what started out is just, well, really, you know, I, I went looking for a podcast to learn how to grow myself. And the only podcasts that were available seemed to be geared more toward commercial grows and things like that. And I was just kind of looking for like a home growers podcast, you know. And uh, I did find one. Um, and, uh, oh, man, I feel so dumb that I don't remember the name of it. Um, but he still does a thing on YouTube, like growing with my fellow growers. And um, I yeah, think it was called... I think that's I, it. They do it... Um... But he used to have a podcast like earlier cheap, called cheap something. Home Grow. Yes, Cheap Home Grow. Yeah, that's it. So, mm -hmm. you know, that's the only one I found, which I enjoyed. So I listened to that. And uh, and then I, you know, somebody handed me autoflower seeds. And I was like, man, you know, I'll grow these out. And then I just got into growing autoflowers and thought the community could use another podcast. And, uh, you know, geared toward the home grower. And that's kind of why I started it. And that's kind of how it all started. And then... Uh, during that time, I was just, I, I was self-employed uh, running a screen printing business, which you can see all the equipment behind me. I still have it. But when COVID hit and that tanked, um, you know, I, I was really grinding away at the podcast at that point because I was, I was trying to kind of step in and make money off of it. Being I was spending so much time doing it. And, uh, and that worked, you know, that worked for a while and it, and it, and it, 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 uh, it paid my mortgage, man, for, for a little bit. And uh, I'm very thankful and grateful for, for everyone supporting that. And then I had a shift and I, you know, um, uh, am working full time now, um, gardening and farming um, at a, a place not too far from my house. And it's eight hours a day and, and the time just isn't there to put in to the podcast. You know, um, I'm sure you guys know it takes a lot of work, man. And I was just flying it solo you know, so I did do all the recording and do all everything. And, uh, anyways, you know, I'm getting kind of long winded and no, long winded no, and rabbit all, trailing, but I have to, I have to ask though, like just as a one podcaster to another man. And if you don't, you don't have to answer if you don't want to, but like you, you had a successful show going, like you said, I mean, if you had gotten, um, enough support, from the community that you had paid your mortgage from it. Mm -hmm. like yeah, I was paying my mortgage every month with it, yeah. Sounds like it was a successful business mm -hmm. venture. So then 
what made you decide that you wanted to like um i know you're working on like a farm now you know eight hours a day like you said like what why make that shift you know what, man? I, I asked the same question, to be honest with you. And, and, and all I can really do is, is answer and, you know, just this might land with some people well and with others not so well. But all I can really say is it was from an inner intuition, an inner knowing from almost like a spiritual sense um, that I was to make a move, that I was to, it was time for me to, to do something different. And that's kind of how I roll. Like I've noticed a pattern in my life, you know. Way back in 2010, 2011, I became on fire, like fighting sex trafficking and traveling to Cambodia and doing all this stuff to help victims of sex trafficking and all this stuff. I'm not saying that to toot my own horn. I'm just saying like that was back when nobody really knew what it was. And I helped raise awareness in my local area and, you know, and now it's everywhere. Everyone knows it and that's a good thing. But I felt like my time there was done. And it was just time for me to move on. You know what I mean? Like I had a, a clothing line called Speak Against Injustice. I was, I was involved with a 501c3 nonprofit. We imported coffee and sold it. And I, I made shirts and sold them. And we gave the proceeds to uh, other, you know, nonprofits that were fighting sex trafficking. I was like really embedded in all this. Like I really put my energy into it. And that's kind of how I roll too, man, is when I, when I put my foot in, like I, I throw my whole body in. You get and in. so, but I felt like my time there had ended and some shifts were happening in my life and I shifted and kind of exited out of that and went into something else. And the kind of the same thing happened, man. I just, I did the podcast, it took off, it was successful and a shift just began to happen again within me where I thought it's time. I don't know who, what, when or why, but it's just kind of time. And it's just this inner knowing and s signs to look for and confirmations and synchronicities and things that that i believe in and that i value and uh i just knew it was time and so i got a wild hair up my ass one one night i was just sitting on my recliner and uh i just started putting in job applications man to different places because you know a lot of the money from the i'll just be transparent a lot of the 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 revenue from the podcast was coming from coupon codes but those coupon codes can fluctuate, right? There's highs and lows and uh, they could fluctuate a lot in my experience. And it's no rhyme or reason. It's just kind of the way that that, that was for me. Um, one month it's like, holy crap, are you kidding me? Like, I, like who's buying this stuff? I can't believe who's listening to this stuff. How can I be making this much money? And then another month you're like, oh, you know, 14 bucks? Like what? <laughs> it just depends, you know? So. Um, I was seeking and, and desiring something a little more comfortable and a little more, more stable, consistent and stable. Yeah. So I started looking for a job, um, found a few, threw in some applications and, uh, and this was one of them. I just found this, this orchard, uh, in Sage, California, which is about 20 miles from me looking for somebody to come in and, you know, manage garden beds and take cuttings of olive trees and pomegranate trees and root them and just stuff like that and i thought oh that'd be a cool gig so i applied for that and I, and you know man I, I i also um i got tired of just digitally talking about farming and interviewing these natural farmers and knf people and like regenerative farmers and the stuff that i'm passionate about and 
You know, I'm processing all this stuff in a digital way, but I'm not getting my hands in the soil and I'm not getting dirty, man. You know what I mean? And I'm not doing this stuff at a large scale like I really want to. Like I started to really want to like just sell this freaking tract home and, and get the hell out of California and buy some land somewhere that I can farm. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and I started to have these desires. And uh, so this place... Uh, I forgot where I was going with that. But anyways, this... Uh... I, I, can, I can see that progression, actually, now that you mention it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, having listened to your show, I mean, dude, like you said, you, you were super into the organic, regener regenerative-type stuff. Um, and just your interest in it came through mm -hmm. naturally. And it it is no coincidence that you ended up... Yeah, and it's cool, man. It's hearing, cool. Hearing that, like, as a, I don't know, listening to, like you said, your intuition about it. That's, I think, mm -hmm. a really good lesson for people. So, I don't yeah, know. you gotta, you gotta listen to that, that inner knowing. Most people ignore that so inner knowing. Hard. It is hard. It is because your, your logic and, and, and our, our, uh, our ego, so to speak, wants to, wants to latch on to safety and, and, and things that are familiar and to take a step out and, to do something like that, you know, I was nervous, man, when I first took the job, to be honest, because I had never farmed like that at that large of a scale, which is actually a small scale in the farming world. Like what I'm doing is tiny, is tiny. But to Did me, it's like big. any of that experience is translated to cannabis at all. What do you mean? Meaning like, have you either a done something there that you've done before, you know, uh, you know, crafting cannabis for, for lack of a better word. Mm -hmm. Um, and has, have you learned anything there that you can take over to the cannabis side? Good question. I don't think there's anything I've learned there yet. I think I will, but that I can bring over to the cannabis side. Um, I think it's the other way around right now. It's the cannabis blew the door open for me to grow all kinds of other plants. That makes uh, sense. Honestly, yeah, yeah. The, the 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 biggest thing I'm learning right now there is uh is 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 pest issues, but I'm not talking aphids and spider mites. I'm talking gophers and and squirrels and birds and you know. We stuff gotta get like you. That. You, you gotta get you on like, that capsaicin capsaicin spray, <sighs> man. That'll fucking God, fuck them God all up. Goddamn varmints. That's originally why I created that spray, why I made that, because I had rabbits and shit taking all my fucking plants at my father's mm -hmm. garden. So we would spray that on there, and then you would notice, like, a nibble, right? And then they'd be like, fuck that shit, I'm out of here, because they, yeah. they don't like it, yeah. Yeah, that's the only thing that I'm, that I'm having to navigate and learn, but... Uh... But yeah, like I was saying, I just, I wanted to get my hands dirty and not just always talk about it. I just started to have that passion. So when this, when this job kind of just fell into place, man, I took it and uh, I've been there for six months now. And so obviously working, you know, full time, it's, it's difficult to continue producing a podcast because it usually would take me at least a full eight hours of work to do one episode. Um, and that's when I was really, really cranking and, and hammering into it too, you know, and there are streamlines and ways to do it quicker. I just didn't want to and couldn't afford it. So, um, yeah, so I just kind of stopped and let go and, and just kind of started working. And now it's been months since I've produced an episode, but, um, I've already actually been chatting with a couple of people, um, 
to get onto the show uh, some new guests and and some returning guests and uh yeah man we're gonna we're gonna keep cranking it out it's just gonna be more low-key i'm not gonna push you know the business end of it as much anymore um i'm gonna do it more so because i love it and because you know people reach out to me and 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 tell me that they like it as well and that they want it to come back so um yeah man i think i'm gonna start hammering out some episodes here and there maybe one or two a month something like that would love to have you back on to you captain anytime you want man anytime no that's i'm honestly i'm glad to hear that and thank you for sharing that you know just a little bit of personal kind of situation maybe but yeah. i think ultimately like you said it's just like you gotta you gotta listen to your gut mm-hmm. um whatever it's telling you and uh no that's like dude you you got to do it like just on a more low key basis. And uh, another key thing I think you mentioned is a lot of times when you try to turn a hobby into a business, it might not be the best best thing. Like mm-hmm. you know, combining those two. You know, they say if if you if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. But it's also a slippery. You know, making something you love and your hobby, something you enjoy doing like a business also takes kind of the fun out of it. Takes kind of strips the joy just a little bit. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Balance and all things. A little bit. Yeah, man. Yeah. I'm just... I think that's it right there. I think, yeah, a balance, a balanced and peaceful and approach to all things, you know what I mean? Is, is needed. Yeah. Cause too much of anything isn't good and so if if you're an entrepreneur who's busting stuff out like 18 hours a day which i wasn't i wouldn't allow myself to work more than eight hours 10 hours a day but if you're one of these people who's just busting this stuff out non-stop and that's all you do you know there, there's some there's some 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 caution there in my opinion once it's no longer fun then like you're in danger zone Mm-hmm. those are big red flags when it's not fun anymore yeah because then your your motivation and your passion changes from within you it's not it's not like it was yeah. you know when you're when you're passionate about it and you're having fun and it's enjoyable when you're doing something because you just kind of have to do it it could become a drag you know i relate to that a lot i really do um but dude you know i, I think i speak for everyone we love the show. We miss you. Thank you. Just give us a little slice every <laughs> now and then. That's all we ask for. No, it's come on, man. But uh, no, man. You like you were. You introduced Captain Autoflower to Autoflowers. So yeah, man, that's cool. Hand, you know, I got to hand it to you. You were right on that train from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, and what? What is it that drew you to autoflowers? Like what when you heard about them, what what made you start? I mean, you got hit. You you said someone gave you seeds, but other than that, mm-hmm. that was it, on? man. Just- that was it. I mean, I was just looking to grow my own cannabis, right? I mean, I was I had just started using cannabis again after I don't even know how long, dude, 15, 20 years. And uh because the stuff that I, I would smoke with my buddies back in the day 
was well what we would call mexi like in california and it was just loaded with seeds and it was just yeah it was just horrible and harsh and you know dry and and uh just stems and it it was just it wasn't good yeah it wasn't good so it i don't i didn't feel that it really did anything for for me medically that stuff i felt like sometimes it just gave me a damn headache but that's because i was you know a, 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 a you know a young guy making minimum wage at the time just buying whatever it was cheapest on the street because it was Ill, it was illegal right i mean it was illegal then so you just get what you can get but yeah. you, get you know you get. i i always assumed the headaches was from the tinfoil bowl but maybe that's just me <laughs> or the soda can <laughs> right exactly done plenty of those but yeah so um you know i was starting to use cannabis again but uh i couldn't afford it man i the you know to get decent flour i mean it's here in California, at least you're going to spend, you're going to spend some money. And, uh, I don't, I don't have money to spend like that. And so I thought like, you know, well, why don't I just freaking grow it myself, man? You know what I mean? Just like anything else, just do it yourself. So, uh, I knew a guy who was, uh, growing autoflower seed, autoflowers and he handed me a bunch of seeds. And so I sprouted them and I started growing them and, that was just it, man. And and I, I started my Instagram account, my Tourette Grower account as I, I really started it as a journal. And a buddy of mine um, was helping me learn how to grow just over text messaging and the data of me sending him pictures all the time. Uh, he had asked if we can find a different platform or something. So I just started this Instagram account. And he followed it. And uh, he's the lead singer for Poor, Poor Man's Poison, which is a badass band, by the way, if you guys have never heard of them. Um, but anyways, yeah, Poor Man's Poison, check it out. Uh, Ryan, he's a lead singer. He's the guy that, who taught me how to grow, basically. So, uh, yeah, so he followed me on Instagram, and then, like, you know, we would just, you know, kind of shoot the shit over there, and he would kind of give me his input. And and then, you know, you're hashtagging and autoflower and then people start following you and you follow them and then you find this community and then you become part of it. And, you know, it's just naturally just went that route, you know, and I just had never really grown photo periods throughout all that time. And uh, so I just stuck with the autos. And, and then, you know, when I started building relationships with other people and like I went to the first autoflower cup and I, you know, I got to meet Daz in person and hang out with him and Dan and all these other guys. And you just become part of the community and, you know, and then autoflower podcast and you lock in the name and it's like, well, it's just autoflowers from here on out pretty much, but that's changing. I've, I've got, I've got, I actually purchased some, uh, some photo period seeds. Um, Oh, and yeah. I'm going to be, I'm going to be great. Yeah. And I just got like a, a two by two foot by four foot. Um, but I think it's like 17 inches deep or something like that. I got a, um, a fabric bed that I'm going to put in this, this tent right behind me. And, uh, I think I'm going to grow, grow a couple photo periods in there. Yeah. Have, how it goes. have you ever grown photos? Uh, a male, I grew a male once. Yeah. Outdoors. Uh, OG Kush, yeah. it ended up being a dude, and I just, let, I just, I let it grow, and but yeah, never pollinated. A... It was it, I pollinated some autos with it, and uh, and then hmm. just chopped it. Yeah, never, they never, tent, never went anywhere. No, never in a tent. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to to kind of experiencing that twelve twelve cycle and letting that light rest a little longer, and being able to control when to flip them. Um, you know, rather than 
than just letting it go on autopilot. And there's, you know, there's pros and cons to both, I guess, but I'm just looking to experience it, man. Yeah. Hell yeah. I'll have to hit up Admiral Photo Period for some guidance. He might Dude, be at the bottom of the briny I, I, I wish he was still around to help you, man. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, I, I think the, the community as a whole has uh, ev everything you'd want to know. Just come on, you, you know, you're in the Discord now. But uh, every one of us has grown photos. Monsta's probably, I mean, definitely the most experienced photo period of all of us. But some guys in the Discord just, and you'd, you'd be amazed with the uh, level of, of scale and skill that some mm -hmm. of these dudes really are working with. Um, we got a lot of good growers over there. Yeah. But, I mean, the, you know, if basically I feel almost like in a lot of ways, okay, autos are easy to get your feet wet with. They're easy to get started growing. And it, so, you know, it sounds appealing to a beginner, I feel like, because you don't have to fuck around with your, you know, light sealing your space, essentially. You don't have to fuck around with changing your light schedule um and you can like you said flip them when you want but uh oh wait i that's i'm i'm getting i'm thinking photo periods now like auto flowers do sound appealing but they're tough in a lot of mm -hmm. ways in a lot of ways they are more challenging than photo periods and like if you can do them right from the get-go dude you're not going to have any issues with the photo periods i don't i don't think that's what I figured, um, not not to come across in that way, but I agree with you, man. Like, I don't think autoflowers are, are easier to grow than photo periods by any means, even though I've never really grown a photo period. No. But I don't the really only need thing to, easier I mean. is the fact that you don't have to occupy your brain with the space of changing your light cycle, really. Other than that, no, I would say they're hotter. There's a lot of things that yeah. you can't control about them when they start, you know, showing flowers, the height, sometimes they can get fucking unruly. So yeah, yeah. And I don't, I don't mind, I don't mind changing a light cycle. I mean, that's no big deal to me. But um, like light leaks in a tent, that those are things that I've been concerned about because I've always kind of purchased the cheaper tents, and then, uh, and then I, yeah, you know what? That's a good. And, and I, sorry, I just realized something. My daughter had her cats here for a couple of months, and they actually clawed my tent. So there's there's light leaks in that tent. I'm gonna have to address that if I'm gonna grow. It's a little duct tape. Periods. There we go. Yeah. But yeah, that, that's the reason that I kind of have always just stuck with the autos too, is just, you know, not having to worry about light leaks and, and things like that, you know? Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to growing some photo periods, man. I think it's going to be cool. I got, got some, what do you got uh, lined up? Oh, oh damn. Brain farting, man. What's his name? That's He's her. super popular. The dude that wears orange. The, oh, um, uh, that's Jinx Proof, right? Jinx Proof, yeah. Oh, so yeah, I got yeah, yeah. I got a couple of ten packs of his genetics, and then uh, somebody sent me um, oh Autoflower uh, AK um, nice. up in Alaska. He sent me yeah. some some photo period genetics, um, and I've seen pictures there. of that stuff, and it looks pretty 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 good too. So uh, I got yeah. some of that, and then I've got some other miscellaneous stuff like some old i think i got some old og kush seeds and stuff like that still in the freezer that i could try to germinate so 
yeah, I'll be giving that a go and uh, see how it, see how it goes. I'm looking forward to kind of be able to fill up my tent. I, I, I'm appealed to the idea of of kind of training them and filling that tent up before you flip it, as opposed to like the autos. You know, sometimes sometimes you you know even even with Daz's stuff. I mean, he's even posted pictures. You know, hey, this is the way it is. Sometimes with a, a little runt next to a big one, it's the same out of the same seed pack or something. You know. Uh, it just happens every, every great once in a while. And when it does, it's kind of a bummer, you know, because then you've got this potential space and you've got, you know, energy being consumed with the light coming down. And I want to be able to fill that space up, man, and make the most use of that area. You know what I mean? So, um, and I could, if I would just put more, I tend to lean on the less side, like a two by four tent, I'll put one or two plants in there, you know, where some people they'll put six. It just depends, you know, on your pot size and all that stuff. Yeah, but uh, six. <laughs> but you know, when I only put two, and one of them ends up kind of being a little runty, or if I mess up or something like that, then they're already going into flower. It just is what it is, and I could be utilizing that space. So those are the little things that I'm looking forward to with growing photo periods. You know, be able to really fill that tent up. You man. use like a scrog net? I'm considering that. Yeah, I am considering that. Yeah, you should, man. Mm-hmm. You should. That's um, that's the the way the admiral, yeah, would have would have told you to do it. Um, you know, you can get a little like nylon net, uh, or you can really just drape it over the plants. Like it doesn't even. I've seen people do it in a way where you don't need it to be like elastic and like attached to the tent poles. However, mm. it is um really pretty easy to make a custom scrog net that'll fit your tent mm -hmm. um and it's i mean you know took a, took a little bit of work with like a drill and some pvc pipe and threading some some twine um mm. took some work but man i got the thing now um yeah that'll be something to keep uh you know this new year grow i got coming up that's um something i'm gonna unveil my custom scrog net so Sweet. man it's it's a it's a great method and now i know now you use auto pots too right i i i did i do still use them yeah Ooh. um yeah but but uh I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna can you still hear me oh there yeah. i am yeah, maybe yeah, it's yeah. my headphones I'm going to, um, oh, whoa, damn, that is my headphones. I'm sorry about that. Yeah, no worries. You, you sound just, fine on this end. I just done scared yeah. the shit out of myself. You're coming um, Yeah, I'm going to, one of these tents, I've got two two by four tents back here. So the one that you can't really see, it's way back there. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to keep the auto pots in there and I'm going to just be chucking pollen in that one, I think. Um, not chucking pollen in that one, but growing females and then I'll, I'll have a male somewhere else. But, um, I'm going to use that basically for making seeds and stuff like that. And then this one here, I'm going to have that bed, that raised bed in there. Raised so I can get like a good living soil going. Um, now that I'm more educated on all that too, it's like I'm really looking forward to being, being able to get some kick-ass soil going in there. You know what I mean? Going uh, full no-till, huh? Yeah, man. Yeah, That's I'm looking cool. forward to it. Yeah. Badass, yeah. man. Badass. Yeah. Uh, I uh, hear I mean, you know, that's if you're if 
want to talk about like the the truly most efficient way to use soil and your space and your labor, I guess, if that's a thing in your garden. You know, you fill your you you fill your bed one time. And then you don't have to fill it again, right? I mean, you can use that theoretically cycle after cycle after cycle. And then you really just cut the plants at the st- at the bottom. And then the roots kind of just die off, right? Like you don't even need to pull the root ball out. I feel like that would No way. No. Disturb. Yeah, leave it in there, man. Yeah, that would ruin yeah, the Yeah, you leave the it. Leave it in there. It's just, you know, it's it's storing carbon, it's food for the microbes, you know, it just leave it in there. Yeah, Marco Marco is growing. I don't know if you guys are familiar with him. Um Marco is growing on Instagram and he's also got uh, uh, another account called Cannabis Naturally, I think. But anyways, um, dude, he's got a big indoor raised bed. And I think that thing's been rocking for like almost 10 years, a decade. Yeah. yeah. But he's like, that He's that guy's good, dude. He's, he's, he, knows his, he knows his shit and he's, he's got a lot of experience and, and uh, when it comes to soil and stuff like that. But uh, he's kind of been like a, someone that I've looked up to and learned from almost like a mentor, I guess. Um, but yeah, man, um, I'm looking forward to that too. We'll see how it goes. You know, i am got to get the watering down. You know what I mean? You don't want to let it dry out um, too much. So it's, it's going to be a lot different. It's not the whole, well, you know, let it dry, water it, let it dry, water it. You want to keep a, you want to con- keep a consistent moisture so that the biological life in there can do its thing. So that's going to be a little, little bit different trying to kind of work through that, but I'll get it. You can do the like go the blue mott route, or I considered that. Spiders. Yeah, mm. so dude, and you know I love I, I love auto pots, right? And um, um, I thought about using the auto pot spider, which is a product of theirs that's meant to go in a, like a raised bed sort of uh, mm-hmm. environment, right? Thought about using that in a no till setup in my in my garden. Um, mm-hmm. the reason I did not is because, uh, it, it's like a, it's a fabric kind of wicking system. Okay. That like you actually like have to bury into the soil and it has these like tentacles or I guess spider legs as they're making their, the analogy that like kind of go out into the soil, um, has little holes in them that I guess, let water seep out and the soil just kind of wicks up all the water all throughout the bed. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's in my mind, I feel like the roots of the plant are going to attach to that kind of stuff. They're going to like intertwine. It's going to be a mess down there and it's not going to be able to be effective run to run. You know what I mean? That's like, possible. I mean, I ran them outside this year in the garden. I didn't have any issues with them. Um, but maybe run to run in a no-till. I think they're more designed for like, you know, yeah, like in, in a in a vegetable garden with like a bunch of perennials mm. where at the end of the season, you just take it out of the bed. I don't, I don't think that it is designed for no-till, to be mm. quite honest. And um, there's, there's, you know... I, that's the reason I didn't do it. So, mm. um, yeah, I don't know. If you want to do the automatic watering, I think the blue mat w- would be the way to go. But 
at the same time, you got a big ass bed of soil there. You don't need to water that much, theoretically. Mm-hmm. You just gotta do the old fashioned, like, you know? Yeah. See? Well, I guess you wouldn't do that first. You just go in with a, you go in dry. You go in dry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. I've checked out that, that same system. And uh, I was kind of hoping to find like some videos and some people who have used it and documented it. And I, I couldn't really. So, um, so monster you you used it then outside huh and yeah yeah and 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 it it worked well the plants i mean i guess first and foremost is is you know is it doing its job with irrigation yeah i mean it did its job it was the garden i set up was over uh, a friend's house because by the time me and uh, my father's garden got set up it was too late to, to use them so i brought him over a friend's house and he set him up and i actually posted i think a picture of uh some of the harvest we collected from him so amazing tomatoes and peppers and uh, kale broccoli hot peppers i mean shit a, a, a bunch of stuff yeah and everything came out great it was a big relief for him not to have to you know hand water or rely mm-hmm. on timers or or anything like that and um, it was nice to be able to just from you know a product I'm already familiar with. It's just the aqua valve connected to a different system, so it was, mm-hmm. it was pretty easy. We actually just connected it to a rain barrel and didn't have to fuck with it at all. Just oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't know. I, I don't know. Uh, it's it's a good idea, but I, I I have to agree with you, Captain. I I I wonder. I didn't think of that prior until you said it. But now that you said it, like I, I think that's a really good point, man. Is are the roots going to end up attaching to that, and you know, because uh, even with those blue mat systems, you can see, you know, like the 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 roots getting up to the top of where those little carrots are or whatever. You know, you see like this little root ball mass, and it's like, well, is that going to happen with that? I, I think it's going to happen with any of them. I mean, there's been studies done with plants attaching themselves to fucking pipes that have sound of water yeah. going through them. So um, mm, I think you're going to run into that problem with any type of automated water system like that. Um, and with, But with the, that kind of a system, though, like it's just, again, not not designed for like a cycle after cycle after cycle, especially with like no-till the the purpose is not to disturb the soil mm-hmm. and to let the network mm-hmm. of the like it's is it the the same mycorrhizal fungi that we were talking about in the beginning of the show the the dino myco the it's just you know, mycorrhizal fungi it's the whole it network yeah there's really. it's fungi yeah. in general really i mean bacteria realistically dude can be replenished pretty quick but it takes, um, it takes time for that network to establish yeah, itself. It's all it's all one big soil food web, is what yeah. they call it. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. like there's all kinds of fungi, mycorrhizal fungi, and all kinds of different types of fungi in the soil. So if you're disturbing that, that's a little bit harder to reestablish, you know, than than bacteria. But just to leave it untouched, and and you know, you leave it untouched. It's basically, it's just nutrient cycling, man. That's what I'm shooting for nutrient cycling like i'm just i'm just trying to get nutrients cycled and you need microbes to do that and and if you really want like some good i'm gonna go all out i'm gonna put biochar in there like all kinds of stuff man as a storehouse for microbes and and nutrients and biochar is uh is a cool soil uh addition right and because 
to my understanding, it's just like uh, it has the most surface area of any like substance you could put in put in there. It's like it's got these little little crevices, nook, nooks and crannies, right? Like a yeah, Thomas, they say like Thomas's a biochar, a, a piece <laughs> like the size of your you know the tip of your finger has the same surface area as a football field. That's what they say. Um, so it's just, yeah. And it's, it's carbon, you know, it's just, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's just wood burnt in a low oxygen environment. And, and it's just a storehouse, man, for microbes and, and soil. So when you're, when you got runoff and stuff, you're not, and there's leaching even outdoors, you know, there's leaching and stuff that happens in deep in the soil. That biochar is, it's, it's like a, you know, like a safety stadium for all the microbes to gather in and hang out, you know? Awesome, um, yeah, no, like I, yeah. I think, um, I think it was Fantastic Fungi, that my, Netflix special we mentioned that like was talking about the uh, Amazonian tribes down in like the rainforest and and the uh, the soil, just like is it shouldn't be as um, as rich as it is for some reason they were trying to like figure out a reason why they had like this black like mm -hmm. extremely extremely rich soil that could like grow anything right and it turns out the natives would add charcoal like to their soil like and just knew kind of intuitively or i don't know maybe intuitively maybe it was uh they took a bunch of like ayahuasca and communicated with uh the the gods that told him to do it who knows but yeah they added charcoal to the soil and i guess when you you know team the charcoal and with the microbes it just gives them like you said a cool little like cool little fort down there in the soil mm -hmm. where they yeah can all chill i don't know it's it's a cool thing man um biochar is not something i hear a lot of people talk about so yeah, it's it's something that I'm definitely interested in. I made kind of my first batch, and I have no idea how it turned out. I'm gonna have to see. Um, but uh, yeah, I you know burnt the wood and then uh, soaked it for about a week in microbial solution that I cultured indigenously, you know, from some oak oak trees on on the property where I work. Um, and I also put some some you know homemade do-it-yourself fertilizer in there too. So. Hopefully it's charged up and it'll work for me. We'll see if I did it right. I was going to ask you where you, uh, what biochar are you using? That's fucking rad that you're making your own. Uh, yeah. So I've got a nice, damn, I've got a nice little stockpile, um, that, that guy Marco sent to me. I, we did a little barter. I sent him some stuff. He sent me some stuff. Um, so I've got, I, he sent me enough to be able to fill that, you know, not fill, but to be able to use as a ratio in that two by four bed, I think, I think it's going to be enough. If not, then I'll use what's there and maybe add some of my own. Um, so I'm just going to use his for now. And then as I experiment and make my own, you know, but yeah, man, biochar, ash, you know, all that type of stuff, man. Um, good at, at certain Certain you don't ratios. Mean, uh, cremated human remains, do you? <laughs> Why not? Asking for a friend. Uh, uh, just curious. I mean, no. I'm sure I, there'd I, be be a lot of calcium and uh, and phosphorus it in that. Or not? 
Yeah, actually, we've, I think, gone over this in a past show. Maybe, I don't know. In any case, I've done some research on the topic. But yeah, there's there's some good stuff in a, in a, in a cremated person. But there's also a lot of bad stuff, mm-hmm. uh, including a lot of sodium. And mm. um, yeah, it, it, it could be, although, yeah, it could be adding nutrients over time i think like the the worry is that all the other shit like i don't know you're what what do you call them like a bioaccumulator you pick up all the stuff like that you eat over time and all the mercury and arsenic and all this shit it just builds up you know yeah we all have glyphosate in our blood most of us do anyways Wait, what yeah. the hell is that? What the hell's glyphosate? I don't have glyphosate. You got glyphosate. Yeah, yeah you do. I, Everybody's got I think they say, <laughs> I could be wrong on this, so I'm not stating this as a fact, but I think they, I think I've heard that like up to 80% of the population has it in their blood, dude. Yeah, Roundup. What is it? Roundup. Oh, round, no Her, shit. Herbicide. Really? Oh yeah, man. Yeah, Holy it's it's shit. it's absolutely ruining ruining everything. It's it's ruined so much, man. And and it's it's in our bodies. Um, yeah, because if you're not, yeah, there's a lot of our food is grown with that, you know. And yeah. uh, and 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 you know, I understand. Like, I'm not coming at it. Like, you know, a lot of people are all angry with pitchforks and shit. But you know, uh, back in the day, we didn't know, right? It's like a lot of things. I mean, doctors used to, you used to see ads, you know, with a cigarette brand that a doctor recommends. And then we realized, oh, you know, this gives you lung cancer and kills you. So they stopped doing that. And now we know. It's kind of one of those things, you know, like we used it, it worked good, but now we know it's giving people cancer. There's all kinds of lawsuits and settlements for it. It's, it's, it's ruining our soil. It kills the microbial life. Uh, it kills the microbial life that's existing on your plant's leaves, in the soil, um, and, it, and it's, it's killing us. And, but it's so ingrained and embedded into our food system because most of our food is grown with modern kind of conventional agriculture, not organic, not regenerative, or whatever word you want to use. Most of it is grown with all these sides, with all these herbicides and pesticides and fungicides and things like that. And naturally, that stuff's going to make its way into our food, man. So we're eating it. So it's probably, yeah, it's, it's, it's in our blood, man. You know, that's why I try not to eat like fruit and stuff. Like I, I do try to buy it organic, like fruit, especially fruit. You know, anything that's coming right off a plant, man. Because I, I, if you don't, it's, it's most likely been sprayed. There are, that's a good, no, you're, I think you're on to something there. I mean, especially, well, at least my buying habits, like, yeah, if I'm buying fruit, I tend to want to pay more for the organic version. I just feel like it tastes better, has, you know, more, more flavor, more of what I'm looking for in buying the food it's in the, in the first place. But like milk especially i don't know if you guys a lot of you you hipster types you get the, these almond milk or cashew milks it's like how the fuck do you milk a cashew all right i don't know but I just go straight up i go for just a cow squeeze that baby man you just milk that puppy you know <laughs> milk, i'm gonna milk my little cashew like, yeah 
Uh, but no, I, uh, I, I do the cow's milk, but I always get the organic shit. I swear I can taste a difference. I always get, you know, the, like the, the cage free or whatever, you know, the mm -hmm. good eggs, the good eggs. You can always taste. Wait, what did you say, G three? <laughs> you're talking about milk, and then you're talking about cage free, and I was like, oh, the cage free yeah. cows. Yeah, I don't like veal at all. I don't like veal. I don't. I don't do that. Yeah, um, I get what you're saying, man. But I just no. I I I think that you are right. That it takes, uh, like the organic produce is better for the food, better for you. But it's just like. Man, I can't, you can't escape the Matrix, you know what I mean? No. Go ahead and try. No. You still got glyphosate in your blood, man. Yeah. Go ahead. Live it's, out, you know, yeah. live out on a farm and make your own everything. You're still going to have glyphosate in your blood. And when, when someone tries to use your cremated human remains as plant food, you're going to kill plants. Yeah, it's in the rain too, man. Is Jesus. What, glyphosate or... Yeah. Cremated human remains. No, no. <laughs> the glyphosate. I'm, I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure, unless I'm thinking of a different chemical. But I'm pretty no, sure you, it's that. I've but done it, a little it, bit of research on yeah, this. In the rain, it's in the clouds. Yeah, it's kidding me. No, we've we've tainted the system as humans. We've tainted the system, and uh, and that's why I'm so passionate about doing what I'm doing now. It's just to do my part, man. You know what I mean? Um, even though it's on a small scale, but who knows where that's going to lead and where I'm going to be in 15 years from now. No. Yeah, right on. Man. Right I feel on. like more so with like uh, normal agriculture, like fruit, vegetables, things like that. The organic side and the non-organic side, there's so extreme of a difference, right? Because like the non-organic shit, like they'll fucking spray that shit with anything to get it to harvest, right? But the organic stuff, not so much. Mm -hmm. um, so like with cannabis and and other things where. It's not so much of an extreme difference. It, the difference may not be as noticeable, but with fruits and vegetables in particular, like Captain said, you can taste the difference, um, and it's a hundred percent the truth. Because mm. those the non-organic shit, like they literally don't give a flying fuck. Like there's no fucks to be given because they're not held to a standard other than this normal ag shit, right? I like, didn't like. I just learned right that like there is a chemical that they spray on non-ripe produce that like turns it ripe what so, i mean you can do that naturally with like ethylene yeah i think i but like it's just they spray it with more shit and just, why do we have to do that right because yeah. they're harvesting shit in peru putting it on a ship they're harvesting it super early because they have to and then they're shipping it out here and then it's going through all kinds of hands before it finally gets to the grocery store and then it sits on that shelf and then you finally buy it and that's why we need to rethink what we're doing, man, with food in yeah, general. Sure. Well, you know, we, we need to rethink, but this ag culture doesn't give a fuck about us. So they won't rethink. No, it. they don't. Because it's they, the they, same they as. They never will. No, it's, yeah, all about, they don't it's all about money for them. You know, like yeah, if they course, can harvest yeah. early, they can get more crops per year yeah. and make way. Always more. has been, always will be. Yeah. Phar pharmaceuticals and big, big, giant companies and corporations, man, they, they taint shit. And that's just the way it's kind of always been. But we still got to fight against that shit. You know what I mean? You know what? You know what fruit I noticed the most, non-organic versus organic, is grapes. If you ever had like an organic grape versus non-organic, they're like regular run-of-the-mill grapes are fucking disgusting to me. You can just taste 
the chemicals. Like I'm not even yeah, kidding you. They, like, they like, like, there's so much shit on grapes for sure. You gotta yeah. wash those motherfuckers. You can take it's like it's like a bitterness. I know what you yeah. mean. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking great. Yeah, and we gotta be like careful with the can skin. with with cannabis too, man. Um because you know, organic and non-organic, that's that that there's a there's a there's a difference there maybe in quality um as far as what the plants up taking but but more so it's in a non-organic environment uh, um a cannabis grow facility is able to spray whatever they want right and so ultimately that and that could become systemic that could be that could actually make its way into the plant depending on what they're spraying so some of this stuff can actually go into this to the plant cells and where it becomes part of the plant and then you're smoking it Right. So it doesn't matter if you're spraying it in veg or flour, it's just there. And so those are the things that, that I'm weary of and that why I don't like buying from dispensaries. You know what I mean? Um, here, I don't know how it is where you guys live, but here I know there's All a lot the of, it's a black market grows that are selling to these dispensaries and they're turning around and selling it to us. And, you know, I found some gnarly stuff and some flour from a dispensary around here. One time, I've mentioned this before, but one time I found so much caterpillar shit that I was just amazed that they were, I mean, you could see it with your naked eye. So I was like, what is that? And I put it under a jeweler's loop and I knew exactly what it was as a grower who has had probably at least 12 plants ruined from caterpillars outside. I knew exactly what it was. And so, you know, my first question is, is how did they spray? What did they do? How did they get rid of these caterpillars? How did these caterpillars not ruin this plant? If they're the same tobacco budworm that we deal with in my area, they're little caterpillars that go and eat the buds from the inside out. They don't sit on the, on the edges or bottoms of leaves. You know what I mean? And they, they, and next thing you know, you go to touch your cola and it falls apart in your hand and it's brown and there's all kinds of bud rot inside from these caterpillars. So my question is like, how do these guys get rid of these caterpillars to where all their poop is left over, but yet the bud's still intact? So they're, they're, they're most likely probably spraying something, right? Okay, well, what are they spraying? Probably something that works, man. Like, even if it's crappy e and horrible for Eagle you. 20 or some shit. Yeah, like dude. That. Yeah, exactly. I mean, because it's easy, right? I mean, dude. I battle so many aphids, man, especially at work, dude. Aphids on pepper plants and, and artichokes and lettuce. Oh my God, dude. It's just, it's, it's insane, man. And, and spider mites, man. Spider mites like started take, taking over the whole hoop house where I got like 50 tomato plants. And like every single plant had spider mites all over it. And it's like, so I get it, man. It's easy. It's like, man, I can come in there, dude, with some chemical. Whoosh, spray one one spray and just kill them all and knock them all dead you know but then whoever's consuming those tomatoes is eating that that chemical most likely you know what i mean and so that's that's my issue you know what i mean and that's why like we got we got to figure out a different approach man you know but it's easy so i understand it's easy you just spray that cannabis man just spray that stuff man just oh. spray it all so that the end product is it smells like it and it tastes like it and it gets people Hi, I mean, that's really some people, that's all they care about. You know what I mean? So they're going to buy that cheap stuff, but they're probably, it's possible that they're jeopardizing and risking their health. You when, know, when I'm we, not an organic grower, and, but and I won't spray any harsh shit like that. And I'd like to think that most cannabis home growers, you know, really won't. And, and even like the facilities and stuff that are run up here, even the non-organic ones, they are held to certain standards as far as what they can spray and what they cannot I don't know about where where you're at, but 
Yeah, man, that's that's fucking mm. unfortunate that you buy flour, right, with your hard-earned fucking money, and you get caterpillar shit. And it, it, the fact that it was even allowed to get to that point is fucking disturbing, really. Yeah, it is, man. Yeah, people don't care, dude. You know, they don't see the people who are who are. It's you know, it's like a cigarette company. You know, if you're if you you know are high up or you own like Philip Morris or something like that, it's like, how do you not care? Like, how do you not care? I don't understand that from a human level, and I try not to judge, but it's really difficult for me as as a person who 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 I tend to empathize a lot with other people. And kind of feel their feelings, so to speak. You know what I mean? It's 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 difficult for me to imagine how how some guy sitting in a chair making you know eight hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year or whatever it is can just absolutely not give a shit about someone's health. But then again, it's not hard to believe. It's hard for me to understand, but it's not hard for me to believe. Yeah, because look at all look at all the other stuff that's being given money to us. Money on the line, you know. It's all yeah. Money, yeah. But, Rest assured, they wouldn't let their kids get involved in that shit, right? But, you know, anybody else, they don't give a flying fuck about anything, you know? We're just numbers to them. Cash. Cash. Well, I think uh, I think I would take that bud... I'm, what'd you say, G3? Dollar dollar bills. <laughs> all about the Benjamins. Mm -hmm. All about the Benjamins. It's a, just the law of the universe, I guess. But I would take that caterpillar shit-ridden bud if I was some some uh, ruthless, you know, capitalist-minded uh, dispensary owner, and I would turn it into extract. I'd fill carts with it. There you <laughs> go. Then I'd add some extra terpenes. There, there you go. go. <laughs> you'd never know you'd never know it came from caterpillar shit terp yeah. uh terp weed no god i i wouldn't do that but i know i guarantee fucking to you a lot of people do like that when sure. when they get product handed to them that like it happens you know there's a mm -hmm. lot of people growing that don't know what the fuck they're doing especially in the uh yeah around around me I could say and, that much around dude, in corporate cannabis. It's fucking rampant. People don't know what they're doing. It's 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 funny. I if you go into like Reddit, which I haven't been in a while, but if you go into Reddit and check out like let's say like macro, go to Macro Growery, which is a oh, sub dedicated. No, but I'm saying if you go there, right, that's a sub dedicated for people who grow on a larger scale, and there are legit people who pop in there and be like, "Oh, guys, um, you know." We just we we finally got our license approved and blah 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 blah. What genetics should I go with? Or how often do you guys water these pots? I'm like, holy shit, you're the one running this fucking facility. Good fucking luck. Mm. Like we, we got five hundred thousand square feet of grow and wait, but how often do we water our pots? Yeah, yeah. Oh. So I mean that shit happens all the time. It's Ooh. funny where like the money will go to a place like that and yeah. It's, it's fucking wild. There's so many is. people in the corporate cannabis world who have no fucking idea what yeah. they're doing at all. And see, all like all all can see like you made a good point, monster. Like you were saying, you know, you don't you don't grow organic, but you're not spraying. And I think that's where it's important, man. You know what I mean? Like well, I spray, like just it, not with heavy duty chemicals, like all natural right. shit, like okay. essential oils and stuff like that. And that you know, um, usually not in flour. Unless uh -huh. I, I foresee a problem, like, you know what I mean? Like, hey, I just came from a buddy's house. He's got a shitload of spider mites. Um, uh, yeah, you don't <laughs> something like that. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm not a, I'm not afraid to spray some zymes or something in flour, but usually you know yeah, but that, that's totally a, that's different, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. In my opinion, in my oh, no, opinion, 100%. I know some people say a you know a side is a side, like a pesticide, even if it's neem or organic. And I, well, I get what they're saying, but uh, see, neem I won't even really fuck with. It's too harsh for me. Like that'll show up in mm-hmm. testing, even in flour. Like if you spray in veg, and there's been some pretty gnarly studies showing what neem can do to your it reproductive organs. Too. Yeah. I don't like the smell of neem oil at all. No, me um, either, man. But yeah, but like for me, it's like I'll, I'll consume I'll consume flour that was that wasn't grown like in some living soil. Like I don't, you know what I mean. I'm not I'm not necessarily like one of those people who is like you know if you if you use synthetic newts, then I'm not you know consuming it or something like that. For me, it's more so the spraying harsh chemicals. That's where you know. That's what yeah, really that's shows like, up in the end product, though. Like, I, I've smoked shit, right, from that a buddy grew, and I'd be like, dude, did you spray something on this, like, towards, you know, like, the end? He's like, yeah, man, I had a fucking problem with, you know, aphids, so I sprayed this, this, and this. And you, a lot of times it isn't even, like, bad shit either, but, like, if you spray enough of really anything um, late in flower, the, it's going to hurt the, the end quality of, of the product. And most people... Uh, we talk about new growers, right? They have no fucking idea. They'll go to the hydro store and be like, hey, I got a problem. Like, I need something that works. Like, what works? And they'll fucking point them in the direction of something crazy and harsh that will work for their problem, but then that's something you do not want to be smoking. Usually it'll say, like, on the bottle for ornamental plant use only. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a reason behind that, right? So yeah, that's what people need to realize. How about you, G three? Do you do you uh, do you ever I deal with any pests and stuff, or you can just keep it pretty I, clean? I'm my first grow, I just keep everything super clean. I do not come into my basement if I've been outside, unless I've mm. at minimum changed my clothes. I usually mm-hmm. like to like fully shower and change before I come downstairs. I never deal with any house plants before I deal with my regular plants. You know, so it's just that's smart. And it might it may seem overboard to some people, but I'm right there with you. Like when no, I'm one hundred percent is not overboard. Yeah, <laughs> when I've got and you know, like when I come home from work, I won't even come out here if if I don't like I, I really try not to unless I absolutely have to. But I don't even want to I don't want to even come out here into this garage, into this room, because my tents are right there. And I don't want some spider mite to float off of my freaking arm hair <laughs> out of my nose or something and go floating in there, you know what I mean? Like I, I think that's a good idea. Like even to shower before you go in, you know, you're totally clean because it's, it's hard indoors dealing with pests sucks too, because you're not, you know, when you're outdoors, it is a little different because you've got nature and this biodiversity and, you know, like these pests that I deal with, they'll eventually go away as nature balances out, but I've got to get there. I'm, I'm, that's why they hired me was to build their soil up and bring diversity in and stuff like that. But until I get to that point, I'm going to be dealing with pests. You know what I mean? But indoors, you don't have birds picking aphids off the bottom of a leaf. You don't have like lacewing, you know, eggs hanging from a leaf that hatch and go eat the aphids or ladybugs eating aphids and stuff like that indoors. So mm-hmm. I think that's it. The, the only vector that they have into that tent is me. It's the only one. Sometimes my cat, if he's being an asshole, but mostly it's me. So if I just cut off that vector, there you go. No problem. I never yeah. have to spray anything. I don't do any like God forbid. God is forbid. Something happens, you know, knock on wood, whatever it takes. But 
I haven't sprayed anything on my plants for IPM in since my first grow ever. And that was the one where I brought in both spider mites and aphids from outside. Ooh. And I learned my lesson mm. real hard. <laughs> learned it hard. So. Yeah. Oh, dude, I, uh, I have, so my, my lemon tree that I was talking about has, has some aphids that must've just come in from, from the outside. You know, you get, I even did quarantine and I, I've been spraying it since the very beginning, but like, yeah, somehow still got aphids. I think, um, they, they must've just been in the soil. Who the fuck dormant, knows, man? Yeah, dormant, but like. So yeah, I'm um I'm up there spraying. I have I made the monsters IPM mix with with some homemade ghost peppers, right? Or homegrown ghost peppers from my own nice. garden, right? Jesus Christ, right. that must be fucking painfully lethal, dude. Like, <laughs> yeah, you're talking about like we've gone past napalm level you were a like, respirator is, tell me you were a respirator if this oh my if this God. is a respirator no no yeah. i did not because when i make that with crushed red pepper i like choke my brains out okay Dude. i can't even imagine it with with fucking ghost peppers you maniac i got That's it awesome. like into my nasal passages and uh, i i can still feel it i hey, you I, guys I, need I, like yeah. Like full face mask respirators with like vapor chemical canisters. Yeah, that sounds too expensive. I'd rather just, just need breathe. Darth Vader. Like expensive. That's because well, you're dealing with insane stuff. Yeah, Bro. but you know something? I've said it before. Like after I cough and sneeze my brains out from spraying that shit, like half an hour later, I feel like a fucking yeah, champion. I, I felt because good, but all yeah, the I had walls a, of your mucous running. membranes have been burned clean. Pretty much, yeah. but I like be, I I got to watch as the aphids literally shriveled up. Like, <laughs> as I That's like, it was savage. like this is not napalm. This is like you're you're dropping a. This is like nuclear nuclear uh, fallout or something from the sky. This is this is bad stuff, guys. They just shrivel right up, but um. For the recipe. <laughs> <laughs> The ghost Check peppers. our previous shows or yeah, Monsters they, page. It's just—it's literally just uh, rubbing alcohol and peppers. You know, I extracted the. Uh, it was fresh ghost pepper into that that rubbing alcohol, and now the capsaicin is you. You can just use rubbing alcohol to. to yep, I've used just alcohol before. I'm not going back. Yep. For sure, but um, the capsaicin takes it to an, another level, and. It sure does do a number on your sinuses too. So <laughs> be prepared for that. Get your nose uh, running. Oh yeah. It does. It does. I mean, if you got a, if you got a stuffy nose, man, just go up there and spray for uh spray some ghost pepper mix. Yeah. Some stuff I used that really worked good, man, was uh this guy on Instagram is his, his username is Kush Knights. I don't know if you guys are familiar with him, but oh. He sent me some stuff. I think it was called uh, Prime Superior or something like that. And it's basically, a, it's a fungus. It's Bavaria bassiana. And uh, I sprayed some of that and it wiped them out, dude. Stuff worked good. Uh, I don't know how expensive it is or if he even sells it or anything like that. I'll have to, I think they sell well, it, but. 
what's it called? It's called uh, Prime Superior. And uh, it's basically just a little bottle that's like inoculated with, I think it's called Bavaria bassiana. It's some some type of microbe, some type of fungi or something. And it it, it would be confused with brassica. Yeah, not not a brassica. Um, but yeah, that stuff worked good, man. You know, so if anybody ever, I can vouch for that stuff that it worked. I used the whole bottle and got rid of it, all the aphids in this uh, in a pepper garden that I was growing over the summer. And it worked really good. And I did that to knock them down. And then I followed it up with some lacewing larva, which those guys are like little predators, man. They go and they, they eat pretty good. They work pretty good for me. Nice. Dude, you've gone, gone full on. I mean, you're living, you're doing the organic thing. I can, I really can tell that like talking to some of the guests on your show, like inspired you to go ahead and do this shit in real life like for a job for sure man really and i like you're like that's that's what you do day in and day out taking care of all different types of plants you know with lacewing larva and different types of all kinds of stuff yeah it's fun everything happens for a reason man you were meant to be there Right, I believe that, dude. It's a super cool job, too, man. I'm so lucky, dude. I'm so freaking lucky. <laughs> dude, you guys, it's, it's not like a normal job, man. It's, it's beautiful. There's only a few of us there. It's a beautiful place, like in hill oh. country. There's 80, 80 acres. 20 of them are fenced off. Primarily olive orchards, because we make olive oil. Uh, we, just got certi- we just got certified through the California Olive Oil Council for extra, extra virgin organic olive oil um yeah man we just finished our harvest season we got gonna a press we got the whole the show man lineup, i want some but... of that heady olive oil yeah yeah, yeah. that's good shit. i mean i'm Dude. a fucking italian man we need some of that good shit you know okay I mean? so see Absolutely. the owners the owners are the owners of the uh of of the ranch are italian yeah it's it's called macala orchard shut up and take my money where's my fucking yeah. olive oil <laughs> but it's cool man it's super cool dude just getting to you know i've never worked with orchards and that's what i'm doing right now is working with the soil you know that's um, awesome man. so yeah i tested the soil and there's some nitrogen deficiencies so we're working on that just being able to do that on a large scale is super cool man now super I, cool. I, we're getting kind of late into it but, but uh this could go out a rabbit hole now do you test the soil yourself or do you send it out to have it tested no i sent it out yeah, I sent I sent that. That's the first time I've ever done a soil test. Yeah, but there's these olive trees that weren't producing in the middle of an orchard, and they were asking me, "What do you think it could be?" And so I thought, "Well, it could be many things, but let's test the soil first. And so we tested the soil, and it was low, significantly low in nitrogen and a few micronutrients. Um, so I just uh, ordered like fifty pounds of cover crop seeds they're all legumes so that they you know they provide their own nitrogen basically pull it out of the air and they don't take any nitrogen from the soil they'll take nitrogen basically pull it out of the air like out of thin air and put it into the soil and then i'll chop that too chop and drop it which will just feed the soil food web and add even more nitrogen and micronutrients and all kinds of stuff but i'm at the beginning it's going to be a lot of work man it's going to be a lot of work it's gonna be so satisfactory and rewarding to come to you know oh it is it already is all, all the yeah. cover crop is you know i drive around and it's all sprouting up everywhere it's just bitching dude it's cool it's just like 
just badass, man. Knowing that, like, I mean, theoretically, you you know, that means you could do that anywhere. You can go into any any environment with any soil, pretty much anywhere on Earth, and and restore the soil to a point where, like, like those Amazonians. Right, they added the biochar, and over it was. It, dude, it took them fucking generations. Don't get me wrong. Maybe you couldn't do it, but like, if over time people got the message here that like regenerative farming is the way to go, I think ultimately, um, come on, people. I don't um, think we're gonna have a choice eventually. Yeah, that's but, that's gonna uh, be the catalyst. Be, yeah. It's gonna have to be. I, unfortunately, yeah. But, um, yeah, it's a tricky, a tricky thing, but, uh, there's a lot of, I don't know what to call it. There's a lot of gray area in there too. Like we can't just switch over. I wish we could, but I don't, I don't think it would be feasible to feed this, this size of a population because it takes time, sure. you know, but, uh, but yeah, it's super cool, man. We're, oh, we're talking about adding animals and goats and chickens and bringing all that in, which that's all new to me. I've never dealt with livestock, but I know in here, I know how it works, but I've never actually done it. But that's why I took this job, right? Cause I got some, this head knowledge and I want to get my hands dirty and do this stuff, you know, oh, so, yeah, brother. It's taking a super important part of the whole food web and the soil and animals and mimicking them. nature man that's yeah, why it'll yeah. work anywhere around the world like you said you could do it anywhere around the world why it's, because it's you're just mimicking amazing. nature yeah it's just amazing it really is man I'm, I'm hats off to you for like you know i think it's an inspiring story that like you said you you took you took the knowledge you got on your show which by the way is great everyone go check out the autoflower podcast you got I mean, I don't know how many episodes you did, but the backlog is worth listening to, man. Go back and start on episode one if you haven't heard it. It's great, great stuff. Um, it's cool to see your your progress too, from like when you started mm -hmm. with your earlier episodes to some of your later stuff. Like yeah, a lot of evolution. You, you learned a lot. Yeah, big. That's the word I was looking for. Evolution. Yeah, you and you learned, and now you're taking it to another level. And I think ultimately dude you've satisfied my curiosity as to like what happened to chad i wonder where he went yeah. and why he's not doing the thing anymore man yeah but i get it, it it makes so much sense to me now and um no i just i think your your story is inspiring and i hope other people out there realize that they can take the knowledge that they're getting as a grower and take it into the real fucking world and make a difference if that's mm -hmm. your passion and that's that's what you have a a drive for then go ahead and do it like, yeah man, that's stopping. It. yeah follow so, that passion baby for sure it's all about yeah yeah that's so i i respect the hell out of you man even more so for coming on and yeah man Thank sharing you. it with us yeah yeah i respect you all and uh again man i'm super thankful for you guys inviting me on it's been a nice chat and uh being able to connect with g3 and monsta i've not not really talked to you guys too much uh no, i know I Jeff, think we've commanded um chatted a little bit through like dms in the past yeah really... yeah yeah jeff i know i know pretty well and 
Um, but it's good to connect with you guys, man. And uh, I feel honored that you guys asked me to come on here. So thanks, thanks for having me. Yeah, we're thrilled. Oh, that you for those who don't know you, know you, can you tell us where we can find you? Yeah, um, Instagram. I hang out there mostly, and uh, it's uh, at Torette Grower. Um, just kind of how it sounds. And uh, that's my kind of my main account. Um, there is an account for Autoflower Podcast. Um, I, I, I'm, I've been totally silent on it, though. There's nothing there. But you can go ahead and follow that because I'll be kind of resurrecting that a little bit. And uh, other than that, man, just uh, like autoflowerpodcast.com. You can check out the website. Um, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Or you, can, you might see my ugly mug across town if you're out here in Southern California. What's up? Well, no, we we appreciate you coming on again, man. Sharing, and uh, and I think everyone should go check it out. The show and your IG, and uh, other than that, you guys know what I'm going to say. Don't get caught. We'll see you in a week. Um, thank you for listening, and uh, toodles. Toodles.